NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. All of us at Pit Pass Indy are deeply honored and proud to receive the Best Podcast of 2022 award by the National Motorsports Press Association during its annual convention in Concord, North Carolina on January 22nd. The episode entitled Mario Andretti and the American Dream won first place in the podcast category from an independent panel of judges. The episode was released on June 21st, 2022, and is available for download on all major podcast platforms. The team here at Evergreen Podcast is deeply honored, proud, and humbled to receive this award. When it comes to honors and awards, our next guest received the best trophy of his career on February 2nd, 2023, at a special ceremony at the Thermal Club in Thermal, California. It's Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing, the winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500 in 2022. Erickson, along with team owner Chip Ganassi, received their Baby Borg trophies at a special ceremony by Borg Warner. These are miniature versions of the famed Borg Warner trophy that the winning driver and winning team owner from the Indy 500 get to keep. It's Erickson's first Baby Borg. Chip Ganassi has won the Indianapolis 500 six times as a team owner. Pit Pass Indy is packed with interviews from that ceremony in this special Baby Borg edition of the podcast. Marcus Erickson is our first guest on this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview from the Thermal Club. Joining us now on Pit Pass Andy is the winning driver of the 106 Indianapolis 500. It's Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing. Team owner Chip Ganassi loves winners, so he must really love you, especially after winning the Indy 500. Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than that, does it? So, um, no, I'm, I'm very thankful to, to be driving for Chip. You know, like you said, he, he likes winners, and winning the 500, it's, uh, yeah, doesn't get much better than that. You got your baby Borg trophy, which is your trophy to keep for winning the Indianapolis 500. Late in 2022, your face was unveiled on the Borg Warner trophy. That's always a huge honor because that face will be on the trophy for the rest of time. But this is special because you get to keep the baby Borg. How do you plan on displaying it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny because when I got to see my face for the first time last year on the Borg Warner Trophy, it was actually that moment that it really sort of sunk in for me that I won the Indy 500. To see my face there with all the other winners, it really was something very special. Uh, and today, you know, receiving my baby Borg, it's, uh, it's another, another thing of, you know, making it real, making it this is not a dream, you know, it's, it's reality to, to get the baby Borg, to be able to bring that home and where I'm going to display it, I don't know. We're house hunting, me and Iris, my girlfriend, at the moment. We're looking for a house in Indianapolis, so it's definitely going to have a very special uh, place in, in our new house. Before you won the Indianapolis 500, before you got your baby Borg, what was your most cherished prize trophy of your career? That is a very good question. Uh, it was probably my championship winning F3 when I won F3 in Japan. Probably that or no, maybe, maybe, no, no, I changed that. It was my Detroit win when I won my first IndyCar race in Detroit in 2021. Because that was such a huge win for me and it was such a huge breakthrough for me and for my career. And it feels like after that, it sort of catapulted me into a top driver in IndyCar. And so definitely that 2021 IndyCar Detroit victory. 
Looking at your record, though, the fact that you were a contender to win the Indianapolis 500, to those of us who were really paying attention to how well you did in past Indy 500s, we could see, hey, this Marcus Erickson could win this race. What was it about that track that seems to suit your style so well? So always uh, racing in Europe and around the world, I always... Uh liked high-speed corners. It was always my favorite was high-speed corners. So I always had this idea that if I go to IndyCar and race on the ovals, it's going to be something that suits me and my driving style. So I was always excited to try that. And then when I finally came to IndyCar and started to drive on ovals, I straight away liked it and thought it just worked for me and my style. So like you said, you know, the first few attempts on Indy, I, I feel like I had good speed, but it was always some small mistakes that got me out of contention. So I learned from them and going into month of May 2022, I felt like I had the experience from those mistakes and the team and the car to, to be able to fight for a victory. And um, I'm very proud that I managed to pull it off, but it was uh, definitely, you know, a lot of hard work behind that. Prior to winning the Indianapolis 500, you probably didn't know Will Barons. You didn't know Michelle Collins. You probably only knew Steve Shunk in a casual way. But now, after posing with sculptor Will Barons, after getting your face unveiled on the Borg Warner Trophy, and now going to Sweden with Borg Warner, and now getting your baby Borg, in a way, these people have become part of your family. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's such a special thing, uh, the Borg Warner people and, and, you know, IndyCar and, and, and everyone, uh, the IMS, uh, all these people. I've been experienced, get to experience so many cool things since winning the Indy 500. And, you know, it's just a, it's a win that keeps on giving, you know, it, it never ends and it still, still does. And I can't wait to get back to, to Indianapolis and month of May as the defending champion. It's going to be such a cool experience. And uh, I still have to pinch myself because it is like a dream for sure. What's your reaction going to be when they have that huge photo of yourself hanging above the main entrance of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway when you go there in May? Like I said, it's just it's going to be so special coming there as the defending champion and you know be on all the tickets, be on that uh, on the entrance and it's just so many cool things. So I definitely going to try and just enjoy every single day of of, of the month of May. And when you think about the commitment that Borg Warner makes in the Indianapolis 500, they've been the sponsor of the Borg Warner Trophy since 1935. Recently, they've been giving out baby Borg trophies, but their commitment to the Indy 500 is serious. And what does that mean to the participants to know you've got a company that values the Indianapolis 500 and the sport of IndyCar as much as Borg Warner? Yeah, it's it's incredible, and I think it's it's so great for the sport, for the 500, to have a company like Borg Warner and the investments they've made over the years into the sport and and into the 500. And you know, even this, like today, giving the baby Borg the whole ceremony around it, it's just so much things that they do, and and you know. Like you said, it's become a second family for me, and I'm very, very thankful of that. On February 2nd, at an owner's meeting, IndyCar officials announced to the team owners that they will award single points, not double points, at the Indianapolis 500 beginning this year. I guess you hold the distinction of being the last double points winner of the Indy 500. What's your reaction to the change? To be fair, I I, I don't mind it. I, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. I think... I can understand it in some ways because it's it's a lot of points to be double points, but at the same time, that race is a whole month, right? So it's like, it's so much more than just a race. So in some sense, I, I kind of like that it was paying more than the other races. So uh, let's see how it works now. Uh, of course, winning it uh, last year, it was nice to get the double points, but... Uh, still going to be the biggest and the greatest race in the world, double points or not. That race could pay no points and you would all fight just as hard to win it exactly. as anything. Exactly that. And I think that's the thing, you know, double points or not, it's still going to be the same thing for, for me and for every other driver. When you think of the drama that unfolded at the end of that race, your teammate Scott Dixon was driving a perfect race, got caught with a speeding penalty, and then toward the end of the race, five laps to go, your teammate at that time, Jimmy Johnson, crashes to bring out the red flag, which stopped the race. Here you are sitting on pit lane, and I know you weren't happy at the moment that it was stopped and you were going to have to hold off a charging Pato Award for the victory. How much of a roller coaster of emotion was that for you? 
It was definitely my hardest and biggest challenge of my career to sit there 10 minutes waiting for the last two laps on the Indy 500, knowing I was in the lead and knowing I had the, the, the race sort of covered. You know, I had such a big lead and it got taken away from me with that red flag. And it was, uh, you know, such a mental challenge to stay focused and put a strategy in place for, for those last two laps and then go out and, and deliver it and manage to hold off and win the race. But now with how it unfolded, it could not have happened in a better way. You know, that, that finish, the way I had to win that race, was just incredible and it made it even more special. So at the time, I was very upset about the red flag. Now, I think it was the best thing that could happen because it just made it even, even cooler to win. When did it hit you that you had won the Indy 500? Probably not like until I saw my face on the actual Borg won a trophy in like, what was that? October, November or something like that. End so, of October. Yeah. Uh, until then, you know, it's, it's, it's strange because you're so busy with your season straight away after the in the 500 and you don't really get much time to sit back and, and really think about what you had accomplished. So for me, it took a bit into the off season to really realize what, uh, what I'd done. So we're coming up on the 2023 Indianapolis 500. Borg Warner has a big rollover bonus available. The, if you become the first back-to-back -back winner of the Indianapolis 500, you get a huge bonus worth over $300,000. There hasn't been a back-to-back -back winner since Elio Castroneves in 2001-2002. Does the extra money motivate you anymore? No, it doesn't motivate me more, but of course it's a nice thing to know that uh, I could get that if I do win it again. But to be honest, it's like the double points. In the 500 with his history, being the biggest and the greatest race in the world, it doesn't matter with the money, with the points, with anything. It's just everyone is going to go out there and do everything to win that race. So yeah, it's great to know that, but doesn't change anything. And wrapping up here with Marcus Erickson, winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500, the driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. You're now a hero in Sweden. You went back to Sweden during the offseason. You were hailed as a hero. What has that really done for the country of Sweden when it comes to motorsports that now you're the first Indy 500 champion from that country since Kenny Breck? Yeah, I mean, it's been incredible to see the amount of interest that has been around me and, and the IndyCar series and the Indy 500. You know, the, the, the trophy tour we did with the Borg Warner Trophy in November really made a huge impact in in the whole of Sweden. You know, we were on, or I was on every uh, TV show, morning TV, uh, magazines, newspapers, everywhere. And, you know, people are talking about IndyCar racing. People are talking about Marcus Ericsson. And it's been, it's been huge. And, you know, only last month I was back in Sweden for the Spe Swedish Sports Awards uh, Gala. And I finished third in the Sport Performance of the Year. And, and that is in motorsports, which is normally not even nominated there. And I finished third out of every sport, every sport person in Sweden. So it says quite a lot about the interest and the support I've got from back home at the moment. Marcus Ericsson, from all of us here at Pit Pass Indy, congratulations on one of the 106 Indianapolis 500. Congratulations on getting the Baby Borg Trophy. Good luck in 2023. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. That was the winning driver of the 106th Indianapolis 500. Now, let's hear from the winning team owner, Chip Ganassi, in this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, it's a true honor to talk to the six-time Indianapolis 500 winning team owner. It's Chip Ganassi who on February 2nd got to receive the Baby Borg Trophy for Marcus Erickson's dramatic victory in the 106 Indianapolis 500. Chip likes winners, so you gotta love Marcus Erickson. Bruce, unbelievable. I mean, you know, just to relive that moment again and again is uh, never gets old, never goes away. Um, really lucky in the position I am. It's an honor to be here tonight, represent the team the great people that it took to bring Marcus across the finish line. He and I get to celebrate these events like this, but it's really about a, a load of people back at Chip Ganassi Racing in Indianapolis that pulled this all together. And the thing about Marcus is a lot of true racers saw his development from the time he entered the NTT IndyCar Series to this year, and a lot of people looked at him and said, he's a guy that's going to win this race. 
and he was able to put it together masterfully. What was it that you saw in Marcus Erickson that you realized he's going to be a winner? Well, he just was, he's smooth. He likes ovals, he's smooth. He's a student of the sport, works hard at it, and, uh, you know, really puts the time and effort in, I think, to the takes in today in the world of sports. And I think it falls, you know, it, it, it falls off on a lot of young people. They just think you show up and drive cars. They don't see the hours and hours of work it goes into away from the track, watching film, watching videotape, watching old races, talking to other drivers, understanding the strategy, understanding the philosophy of the strategy, and uh, really being there at, at the 500 mile mark. Is very important. And when you think of the team that you've put together, the legendary drivers, the former Indianapolis 500 winners, beginning in 1989 when it was Emerson Fittipaldi and the team that you were partners with Pat Patrick, then in 2000 with Juan Pablo Montoya, Scott Dixon, Dario Franchitti, the list goes on and on of the great drivers that have won that race. You have to feel a certain amount of pride that Borg Warner has been able to memorialize all of those great drivers on that great trophy there. It's, it's, a, it's a feather in the team's cap for sure, just to have a, our representation on the Borg Warner trophy with, uh, I think now, five different drivers. And uh, it's a testament to the team, a testament to Mike Hall, the guy that runs everything there for us in Indianapolis. And... Um, I just feel really lucky to be a part of it. It's, a, it's great to work with a great team of people. Um, you know, I started, uh, I started watching the Indianapolis 500 in 1963. My father came home with a videotape, or a 8-millimeter film, actually, of the 1963 win when Parnelli won. And uh, over the years, you know, Parnelli signed off on my driver's license when I was a rookie at Indy and uh, went on to celebrate i think my my 50th uh when i turned 50 i was at thanksgiving and uh just got to celebrate my thanksgiving with parnelli we've been friends over the years and i received a special gift from him tonight here he's 90 years old now and wrote me a personal note with some photographs and it really says what what this race is all about and 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 how important of it is to win the largest automobile race in the world and this will be the 60th anniversary of Parnelli Jones's win in 1963, and the fact that he's still there, he was a hero to you. Chip Ganassi, I think it's only fitting that you win another Indianapolis 500 in 2023 to celebrate Parnelli's 60th anniversary. It wouldn't bother me a bit, Bruce. Thank you. We're going to try to do that. Well, Chip, it's the motto at Chip Ganassi Racing is Chip likes winners, so he's got to love Marcus Erickson, especially when there's another baby Borg that you get to take back home in Pittsburgh. Chip Ganassi, congratulations on yet another Indianapolis 500 victory, another baby Borg. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you, Bruce. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, 
Our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy. My call is the managing director of Chip Ganassi Racing. He joins us on this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview to tell the significance of Marcus Erickson winning the Indianapolis 500 for the team. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the managing director of Chip Ganassi Racing, Mike Hall, who is here to celebrate Marcus Erickson getting his baby board trophy for winning the 106th Indianapolis 500. As I asked your boss, Chip Ganassi, if the motto is Chip loves winners, then you guys must love Marcus Erickson. <laughs> we love Marcus Erickson, and uh, you know who I represent are all the people that work for Marcus Erickson and Chip for what, he, what, what they've each accomplished in motor racing. And the latest chapter for Chip Ganassi Racing is the Indianapolis 500. Last year's Indianapolis 500 was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for the guys at Chip Ganassi Racing. For a while there, it looked like Scott Dixon was going to finally be able to get his second Indianapolis 500 win. Drove a perfect race. You called perfect race strategy. Speeding on pit lane. Took him out of contention. But look who was lurking in position to capitalize Marcus Erickson. In many ways, was that Marcus's smartest drive? I think uh, Marcus kept himself in the race all day. Uh, the people in the pits and the people calling strategy kept him in the race all day. And uh, he capitalized and, and won the race. And uh, anybody that ran a race like Marcus ran, maybe you deserve the race win, but you don't always get it. And uh, Marcus did everything that it took, and uh, we're really, really proud of him. For team owner Chip Ganassi, it's his sixth Indianapolis 500 victory. I believe it's your fifth Indianapolis 500 victory. That's what you work all year to get, is win the Indy 500, win the championship, and at Chip Ganassi Racing, you've been able to experience that many times, both the championship and the Indy 500. But that's what you're in business for. Well, we're, what we're in business to do is to, as you said, Chip likes winners, to win races. But in order to win races, I think you have to be brutally honest about where you are as a race team. You have to know that you have drivers like Marcus that can drive the car, crew members that we have in multiple that can make it happen for Marcus, and an owner who understands, as a former driver, really what the driver needs. And when you put that whole resource together with partners, then you have a chance to win. And uh, for me personally, my wildest dream was always to be able to first get to the Indy 500. And uh, it's gone well beyond expectation for me. You return once again with a very powerful lineup at the Indianapolis 500. It's gonna be Scott Dixon. It's gonna be Marcus Erickson. It's gonna be Alex Palou. Going to be Takuma Sato yeah, joining correct. the team, that's a two-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver. Yeah. You got to have some high hopes for Takuma because if there's one track he really loves, it's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think what Chip Ganassi Racing enjoys is people who separate themselves from the field. And on a given on given days at Indianapolis, Takuma has done that. Uh, so have the other drivers that we have. And so when you have a, a group of four separators that work really, really hard together, it multiplies your opportunity. And then um, it's up to all of us to turn that opportunity into reality. You want those two things to cross over. And when they cross over, man, you get your face on the board, Warner. Parnelli Jones is a hero to Chip. He's also a hero to my call. And this being the 60th anniversary of... Parnelli Jones's 1963 Indianapolis 500 victory. I think it's only fitting that you win the Indianapolis 500 this year also. How does that sound? It sounds terrific. Uh, you know, Parnelli's been a, first of all, as a young kid in Southern California, a big hero for me. And then I've gotten to meet one of my heroes and gotten to know him quite well. And uh, it's a special opportunity to, first of all, to know Parnelli and know how he understands what it means to win. And he, he transmits and displays that still to this day in his life. And uh, what a fantastic person. 
And finally, all this is made possible, the Borg Warner Trophy, the Baby Borgs by Borg Warner. When you think they've been involved with the Indianapolis 500 continuously since 1935, there's no other sponsor in the sporting world that can claim that. How important is Borg Warner, not only to the Indianapolis 500, but also to have that type of longevity and commitment and loyalty to the Indianapolis 500? Well, I think the energy that they, that they provide for all of us in the paddock, all of the people that understand how important having your, having your face emblazed on that trophy is. And you know what? When you looked at those sculptured faces on that trophy, all of them are special uh, and have had great stature in motor racing, and they deserve to be there. There's not too many lucky faces on that trophy. It's all, all champions, and uh, Borg Warner has that in common uh, as a championship organization. Well, it's certainly a race that the winning driver and the winning team has to earn. And I know it's a major goal at Chip Ganassi Racing every year to win an Indianapolis 500, then have that carry them on to another championship in the season. But Mike Hall, good luck in 2023. Congratulations on yet another Indianapolis 500 victory. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Yeah, it's terrific. Thanks for everybody that, that follows IndyCar Racing because the Indy, Indianapolis 500 is really uh, such a special, special event. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy. Borg Warner's commitment to the Indianapolis 500 is unmatched in all of sports. The Borg Warner Trophy has been part of the Indianapolis 500 since it was unveiled in 1935. Louis Meyer was the first driver to receive the Borg Warner Trophy in Victory Lane after he became the first driver to win three Indianapolis 500s in 1936. The permanent Borg Warner Trophy is on display at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum, so Borg Warner began the tradition of giving the winning driver and team owner a miniature baby Borg trophy. Paul Farrell is the executive vice president and chief strategy officer for Borg Warner, who tells us about the strong relationship between the company and the Indianapolis 500 in this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, it's Paul Farrell, Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for Borg Warner. It's a big day for Borg Warner, a big day for IndyCar, a big day for the winner of the Indianapolis 500 as we presented Marcus Erickson, the winner of the 106 Indianapolis 500 with the Baby Borg Trophy. Your company has been involved with the Borg Warner Trophy since 1935. This has got to be a pretty special day for the company. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it's a great event. Uh, it's it's a nice, really close out to the 2022 season. Um, it's always nice to get the trophy out. It's nice to celebrate the win, and I think it's really nice to be able to share really a, a very memorable memento from that win with both the team owners as well as the winning driver. So it's a great evening. What is the secret to the longevity of the arrangement between Borg Warner? In the Indianapolis 500, there's no other sponsorship arrangement that has lasted as long as Borg Warner with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, I, I mean, I think it's really it's a commitment, right? I think Borg Warner values the relationship with the Indy 500. The tradition is fantastic, and 
And so for us, it's a great affiliation and it's something we really continue to invest in and foster and grow. And we really, really just value that relationship and that history. So it is the tradition, I think, is a really important part of it. But not only the tradition of the company's involvement with the Indianapolis 500, but every car in the field has a Borg Warner turbocharger on it. So you're also getting a little bit of engineering technology transfer and also a business involvement. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think there's two actually, if I'm not mistaken, on on all the Indy cars. So we have we supply the turbochargers. That's another area where um, again it's been that hasn't been quite as long as the uh, obviously with the trophy, but it's a long-standing relationship, and it is a nice opportunity to both showcase the technology, continue to push our products and make sure we get, you know, it's a nice test ground to prove them and get them better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I think, a nice reinforcement and valuable relationship that we have. And also you get a lot of B2B, business to business involvement with the company, with other automotive manufacturers that Borg Warner does business with. I know you're a global company, you're moving toward a lot of electrification. How important is that business-to-business involvement to be involved with such a major sporting event like the Indianapolis 500? Um, I, th- I think it's a great uh, it's a great partnership, right? Um, so you know, we like as you mentioned, we supply the turbochargers. So that's a I think a very close relationship as you think about the, the relationship between the turbocharger and the engines and the engine manufacturers. I think just the credibility that comes along with. Uh, our involvement in motorsports, I think, is also valued by those customers. So, no, I think it, it's it's a very reinforcing and positive thing. The exposure aspect of the Indianapolis 500 and the fact that it's the Borg Warner Trophy and so much of the tradition is based around that trophy. Early in the morning when the trophy comes around the speedway and is delivered at the Yard of Bricks, the wreath, the yeah. Borg Warner wreath that goes to the winner, posing with the trophy that's probably exposure that you probably cannot put a price tag on. No, I think that's that really represents that that long, long, long history, right? It, the, the trophy almost becomes, you know, it, it has a presence in and of itself, right? It's very imposing. It's large. It's very iconic. Um, and it is. It's, I mean, it's it's really, I think, special for everyone associated with Borg Warner just just to be part of that and 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 see that tradition and, and see the trophy come out. So no, it's very very special. Every winning driver that I've spoken with that has gone through all of the ceremonies with Borg Warner from having their face unveiled on the trophy. Prior to that, they meet with sculptor William Barons at his studio in Tryon, North Carolina. Sometimes they'll go on a tour with Borg Warner with the trophy, maybe to their home country. And finally, when they get the baby Borg trophy, they'll say, before I won the Indy 500, I really didn't know the Borg Warner people. Now I feel like they're my family. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, you know, and my my involvement with really has been the last several years, and it, it, it you you get that connection. I mean, even this evening, it's a great opportunity. You've got the the special event to to really uh, recognize the winner and, and the team owner, but it's also a chance to meet them and meet the people that you know that they're surrounded by. And it is there is that personal connection that you're able to build. And, and you'll probably talk to Michelle in a bit. And obviously, she's been doing this for a long time and really built those relationships. So I, I think it is is very special from that perspective. Also, corporate entertainment, you entertain a lot of corporate people at the Indianapolis 500. Mm -hmm. How valuable is that? I think, I mean, the Indy 500 is a very special event. And so I think it is something that our corporate customers very much appreciate. And again, I think it reinforces the Borg Warner brand and and really the the presence and credibility that we have as a, a very important tier one automotive supplier. And how important is it that Borg Warner CEO Frederick Lasalde is so invested in the Indy 500? He loves that event he, so much. I think I think you, you've captured it exactly right. Right? He does it because he loves it. Right? He 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 loves the tradition. He loves the event. He loves the spectacle. I mean, I think it's just it's something that he just enjoys. Right? It's not something he does it because he says, you know, I'm the CEO of Borg Warner and I have to do this. He does it because he's legitimately really appreciates everything that goes around it. And most importantly, I think really has a deep respect for the tradition and the foundations of it. It's really, I think, special for him. I'm sure that he wishes he was here tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I also know that he's got business worlds to conquer. And Borg Warner, it seems that every other month you guys are 
acquiring new companies. You're now moving toward electrification. You're moving toward battery technology. You're moving toward acquiring the material needed for rechargeable batteries. So as far as from a business standpoint, describe all of that that Borg Warner is moving forward with technology. Sure. Yeah, so we um, we announced back in March of 2021 our charging forward strategy, and a big part of that has been there's really kind of three main elements. One, we've been working on this for a while. It's it's a journey we've been on probably since 2015. Um, so we made a series of acquisitions that were really foundational in some of the core propulsion technologies that go into electric vehicles. And so when we announced the, the charging forward strategy, there were three main elements. One was to maximize the value we got of those. So the, the organic growth associated with those prior investments. Uh, the second piece was the M&A piece that you've talked about. So adding on to that um, and so continuing to build that. And that's an area where we've been quite active. And uh, I think we've probably announced four acquisitions in a major investment. Maybe I'm off plus or minus one there um, over the last year. Or so, so with quite a bit of activity, um, and then the last piece of it is also recognizing that just getting the balance right around our combustion portfolio. And early, late last year, we announced the spinoff of um, of our fuel systems and our aftermarket business. Again, we think it's it, that's a great business. It's a good time to do it. We're, you know, we've made a lot of progress on our electrification future, and we think it's a great opportunity for that business to move forward and really kind of chart its own course. So we've, we've announced what we're going to do, and I think we've been very methodical and deliberate in, in executing that strategy. Borg Warner North America is based in Detroit, but how many continents does Borg Warner have facilities and headquarters in? Wow. All right. Uh, you're going to stretch me on that and say... It, Probably like five on a, on a continent basis. It's probably five that you can give or take. I might be off on that, but I think that's probably about right. Do you know how many countries you're involved in? Ah, uh, man, you should have had me study for this. Oh. Uh, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll say I don't know. It's a lot of countries. It's a lot of countries. We'll leave it at that. Exactly. But to be able to always be about innovation and about forward thinking has got to be a very important motto for your company. It absolutely is. Um, I mean, a big part of Borg Warner, as we think about ourselves, is product leadership. And part of that is having the right technologies and being a leader in our respective spaces. So um, ultimately, we start with product. We start with the technology. And we think if we have that and we do that well, both from a product technology as well as the operational execution of it, which I think BorgWarner does a, a really, really good job with. You know, we were really kind of comfortable and, and confident in our future. Marcus Erickson received his baby Borg, and I'm sure you saw as he stepped aside and he just looks at the baby Borg trophy with this big smile on his face. Yeah. That's got to be a reaction that you can't buy. Yeah, no, it's like I said, it's very special to have the big trophy that's that's been around since, as you mentioned, 1935, and you have a little piece of that, and you know, even to have the 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 face, you know, that's done that will uh, crafts have that as part of the trophy you're you're given. Um, hopefully, it's something that you know he cherishes. But uh, you know, we think it's special, and clearly his reaction was very special. Well, Paul Farrell, the executive vice president. Chief Strategy Officer of Borg Warner. We look forward to seeing you again at the Indianapolis 500. We appreciate everything that Borg Warner does for the sport of IndyCar racing, especially the Indianapolis 500. Good luck in 2023, not only on the racetrack, but in the business world. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Our final guest is Global Director, Marketing and Public Relations for Borg Warner, Michelle Collins, who returns to Pit Pass Indy to tell us about the value of honoring the Indianapolis 500 winner every year in this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is actually... A regular guest of the show, believe it or not, it's Michelle Collins, the Director of Global Marketing and Communications for Borg Warner. If we have you on Pit Pass Indy, that means that Borg Warner has presented a trophy to someone in IndyCar. Tonight, it was the Baby Borg Trophy that went to Marcus Erickson, winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500. 
You presented it at the Thermal Club in Thermal, California, a different venue, a very lavish venue. Yes. And to be able to hold it here for the first time, what was your thoughts on that? Really cool. I mean, when we found out the spring training was happening here, we thought this could be a really good opportunity to uh, do something with the baby Borgs. We're assured that the driver and the team owner will be here, which is usually very difficult to schedule once the season starts. And uh, so discussed it with the track and it was kind of a win-win. Uh, gives us some uh, additional coverage outside of everything that's already happening here. And and I think it's an exciting way to kind of close out the previous season while you're looking forward to the next Last year, we presented the baby Borg to Elio Castroneves for his fourth Indianapolis 500. It was presented by Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb at the Indiana State House. Seems like you guys have a flair for presenting this at unique venues. Yeah, for sure. We we try to find something that's interesting to people that that's going to be different every single year and, and just do something, you know, different, right, to kind of keep, keep people guessing and... Uh, uh, keep it exciting. Is one of the great things about your job uh, representing Borg Warner and being involved with the Borg Warner Trophy is a lot of times, I would say prior to race day in 2000 and, or in 2022, you probably didn't know Marcus Erickson, but after everything that Borg Warner is involved in, from meeting with him in victory lane after he wins the race, to the photos that are shot the morning after, to meeting with sculptor William Barons, to then meeting with sculptor William Barons at his studio in Tryon, North Carolina, to unveiling his face on the permanent Borg Warner trophy, to taking the trophy with Marcus Erickson to his home country of Sweden, and now to present him with the baby Borg, you probably now feel like he's part of the Borg Warner family. Yeah, definitely. We've gotten to know him uh, well over the last year. And and you're right. He was a little bit of an unknown to me. So typically I'm reading up on all of the uh, people who will be in the lineup that year, getting to know a little bit about their bio, trying to even think ahead. You know, what potentially could I do if this person wins? Where are they from? What opportunities might there be to leverage some of these activities? So I do a, a decent amount of homework before the, the season even starts. But yeah, he was a little bit of an unknown. And I would say um, definitely not after this year with all of the activities. I mean, we've done a lot of things together. He's a great guy. He's been so appreciative of it, which makes my job really easy. And I, I'm happy to do that. And also, how many of those friendships from former Borg Warner, baby Borg winners, winners of the Indianapolis 500, they may not win the Indy 500 the following year or five years later, but they see you and you visit and you talk and it's almost like the company's developed great friendships from this. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, even coming to this event, um, they hosted a little kind of opener uh, last night. And I can't tell you how many drivers came up and said, Hey, Michelle, I hope I see a lot of you this year, you know, because they associate me now with the baby Borgs, with the Borg Warner trophy. And of course, with all of these kind of amplified activities we've been doing. So over the years, of course, taking it overseas a few times, doing some really special things for the drivers with that, which is something I love to do. Um, and, and is our gift to them. How do you quantify just how important Borg Warner's relationship is with the Indianapolis 500. You've been the sponsor of the Borg Warner Trophy since 1935. No other sponsorship in sports comes close to that. But how do you even begin to quantify how valuable that relationship is to the company? It's amazing to think how many years. Uh, I, I think there's nothing like it, like you said. There's really nothing else like it in sports. So it's an honor to have that, that longstanding history with it. And it's just cool to be involved with it. It's hard to explain what that means day to day, but it's just something that becomes part of like who you are and what you're doing. The Borg Warner Trophy, the permanent trophy, almost seems to have taken on a, it's almost like a living, breathing object. And that makes it so unique. Yeah, for sure. It, it, we always say, you know, the stories it could tell if it could talk. It, been a lot of different places and just think of everything uh, that over the 80 some years that that we've had it, um, you know, the things it's seen and the places it's been. And, and we do have a little bit of fun with that. We have a, um, 
social media page for the trophy. And I would say even over this last year, we've been doing even a little bit more with that uh, to the point where a lot of drivers are even interacting with that page, um, which has been really cool and fun to see. That's exactly what we wanted. If you go back 55 years, there was a movie made called Winning, and that was made in 1968, starred Paul Newman and Robert Wagner, and there's the Borg Warner Trophy plays a major role in uh, in that movie. And that movie was made over a half century ago. So that just goes to show what that trophy meant 55 years ago. And by then, it was probably 40 years old at mm-hmm. that point. Won't be long here. Maybe, what is it, another 12 years? The Borg Warner Trophy is going to have its 100th birthday. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about? I mean, how many things do you have that are 100 years old or more? I mean, not a lot of people can say that. Um, and it looks better now, I think, even than it did then. Um, the museum takes such great care of it. We take such great pride in it. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were even saying, you know, Will Barron's, he'll be close to having done over a third of the faces on that trophy, too. You know, when you think of it like that, it's really something special. From a business standpoint, Borg Warner has been very, very active, especially toward the uh, end of the fourth quarter in 2022. If you could tell our listeners some of the business changes and acquisitions that the company has made. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of acquisitions over the last couple of years. So it's part of a strategy that we call charging forward. And it's, it's really kind of an evolution of the company. When you think of where we were when the company started to where we are now, you know, it's gone through multiple evolutions just to change as the industry is changing. So, of course, we're looking more forwards towards electrification, very active in that space. But I would say even with that change, we are not forgetting where we came from. And this is still something that's a very important uh, element to, to us. It wasn't that long ago that the baby board was awarded at the North American auto show in Detroit. Since that time, it's moved to many different places, but I think it's really become a major event, mostly through your efforts and also through the efforts of Steve Shunk. And just how much has that really helped create? This is one of the biggest, most looked forward to events of the off season. Yeah. So I've been with Borg Warner for 10 years. Um, I would say within the last five years, I had become more involved um, just with this side of the business. I, I had always been involved in supporting Indy, but kind of came more to the forefront as as some people left the organization and retired. And for me, kind of seeing it with some fresh eyes, I felt that it was very important to take this time to make it something very special for the driver. And that's what I've been focused on for the years that I've been responsible for this now. And I would say that started really in 2019 when we took the trophy to France. Uh, We did an unveil there, which everybody was shocked about because we had kind of done the same thing for multiple years prior to that. And we did it in August, which was probably the quickest turnaround we had ever had, you know, just with Will and, and getting the face done. But for me, it's been very important just to make it more personal. I love the auto show and I love everything that it has to offer, but I wasn't quite sure that it was the right venue to be doing the Baby Borg at. I wanted it really to be something where the driver had a decision and a choice in it that they could invite people that meant something to them, you know, invite their team. Uh, with the auto show, we were never able to have those type of invitees to the event. And I felt that was really important because I wanted it to be something they enjoyed and not something that was a chore for them. It was almost like the warm-up act of another event that went on at the Detroit Auto Show. Exactly, exactly. And I just I just didn't like that. I felt like it was strong enough and it, it needs to be its own event. Steve Shunk has a lot of the uh, decision-making and ideas that come in, like the creativity of those events. And you never know what to expect when he produces one of these things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Steve, he he just has such a deep knowledge of Indy 500 and, and a love of it as well. I mean, he he has every fact known to man <laughs> in the, in, about the Indy 500 memorized in his mind. It's honestly amazing. So we'll get together and brainstorm often about 
you know, what's coming up over the next year? What do you think we should do? Um, you know, where we think we might have an angle or an opportunity to do something just because he has such a pulse on everything. Um, and, and I think it's a great team effort. He's, he's not only somebody I work with, but I think I consider him a friend too. And finally, when you see the driver get his baby Borg, when Marcus Harrison got his baby Borg, he stepped aside and he's looking at it like a kid holding a Christmas gift. And he's just got this smile on his face as he is inspecting it. Is that the moment that you really realize just how special this is to the driver? Yes. And it's funny you should mention that because I noticed that immediately. And I was just kind of watching him look at it thinking, oh, I wish I had my camera to capture that. But in, but in a way, maybe not because we, we always have our phone in front of us and it's, it's nice to just kind of take in that moment as it is. Um, but that's what makes it all worth it. It was so cool to see his reaction to that. And I think he'll be uh, very happy as he goes into the second day of uh, training on the track tomorrow. You've made a lot of friends in the IndyCar paddock. You've also made a lot of friends with those of us who've gotten to know the company. Michelle Collins, Director of Global Marketing and Communications at Borg Warner. Congratulations on another outstanding baby Borg event, Borg Warner Trophy event. Good luck in 2023. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks so much, Bruce. I always love talking to you. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, 106 Indianapolis 500 winning driver Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing, team owner Chip Ganassi, managing director of Chip Ganassi Racing, Mike Hall, executive vice president and chief strategy officer for Borg Warner, Paul Farrell, and global director, marketing and public relations for Borg Warner, Michelle Collins, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.